Hi, I want to uh, say hello to my guests, uh, Julie Frechette and Catherine McDermott. And today we're going to talk about uh, work-life balance and how you can uh, establish a balance in your life uh, when you're working in a stressful work environment. So uh, I'd like to ask Julie um, and afterwards Catherine to talk a little bit about what you do for a living and um, maybe talk a little bit about the challenges that you have in terms of stress or the, the you know, um, what goes on in your work. Okay, so Julie, a social worker. I've been doing this since, uh, yeah, 2000 um, and work with different type of clientels and the stress level was different with different type of clientels or if I work in an organization, community organization or in institution. Um, and um, yeah, so most of my job right now is home visit. Um, so I go and see the families at home to see if uh, I work with children with um, special needs. Um, so I go home and see if what parents need, the stress that they're living. And sometimes I come back home with that stress. So um, your, your other question was, how do I deal with the stress or how do I uh, yeah. try to find? Yeah, go ahead. We could get, it, we could get into that um, after I have a bunch of questions for you um, and Catherine. Um, maybe we could, and Catherine could also introduce herself yep. and, and say what she does too. Yeah. Yeah. So hi, I'm Catherine McDermott and I'm a um, community developer. So also, I also work in social services, but uh, more on the community aspect. So less, less of one-on-one -on -one support and more community support. And I've been uh, working in social services for, well, since 2003. And I've done different um, different jobs, but I currently work as a community developer. Okay. Um, and Catherine, your mic is a little bit low. Is there is there any way for you to come closer to the mic, just a little yep. bit? Oh, perfect. Is that better? Okay. Much better. Yeah. Great. Um, so. Full disclosure, I used to be a social worker and the three of us met almost 20 years ago now, a long time ago. Um, and I didn't survive, but the two of you did. <laughs> so that's why I decided to invite you here so that we could talk about um, the kind of, you know, how you're able to manage uh, your heavy workload and your stress uh, on a daily basis. So I guess my, my next question for you really is, um, how do you keep a balance in your life? Uh, for my part, I can't say that my balance is always there. I think it, it depends on months, but it, it depends on my personal life, my family life. So sometimes I go to a, like a training and I say, okay, yes, I'm pumped up. I had my tools and then a couple of weeks go by and then I go back to my old patterns. So. I guess it's always to be in, intuitive to my signs that I have. So for me, physically, when my throat hurts, um, that's a sign that I'm, I'm having more fatigue than I used to. So I think I have physical signs. Um, or when I'm with my children, I have less patience. Or with my boyfriend, less patience. Or with myself. So that's when I know that I'm not... My cue is when I'm in the mom, present moment, 
I know that I'm in balance, but when I'm just thinking of other things, other scenarios, that's when I know that I'm out of control. So I think for most part, I have good tools, but however, even though I have them, sometimes I, I have difficulty controlling them, but I think it's normal. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think it varies from like in one year, I can't say like the whole month of July. So it's always a surprise sometimes. And like I mentioned before with my work, sometimes I have stress from work also that I bring back home that I don't want to. But as experience, like I mentioned, I, I've been working in that field for two thousand since 2000. I think I've, I'm more in control or more um, confidence also in, in my limits and knowing what I'm responsible for and what the others are responsible for. So I think with experience, it helped me just to protect myself that it's not my life. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. What about you, Catherine? Yeah, I mean, I, I echo a lot of what uh, Julie said as well. And I, I think when I started in this field, it was, I think there were different factors that made it more difficult for me to know what my boundaries were and, and to be able to take care of myself. And part of it was being new to the new to the field and like you said it is a, it is a stressful job we're dealing with you know people who have higher needs or you know experiencing you know difficult situations are generally more vulnerable um and so when you when i started in that field it was you know that that um empathetic side of me or that compassionate side of me i would often bring that home and um uh you know, and, and part of it was also having young children myself at that time. And so it was really hard keeping that, that work-life balance or that personal balance. Uh, as time goes on, the kids are older. And so, you know, I have, I have less responsibility on, on that side and also learn to, um, you know, like Julie said, is understand and accept what belongs to me and, and what's in my realm of control as well so um yeah and so i experience that as well like julie said for her it's it's as a sore throat for me it's extreme tiredness so i've often i'll, I'll say like oh, i'm not feeling well and really it's not about having the flu or 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 being sick but it's just about exhaustion so when i really have to be aware of when I'm, I'm feeling more run down because um, I find that I'm a lot less resilient and so less able to do my job, you know, as well as I normally do it and also um, less able to take care of myself. So. If we're talking about, um, you know, like you both brought up the idea of physical signs. Can you go into that a little bit more and maybe talk about, are there other things that kind of some little flags that come up when you're at your limit? Yeah, like I can, I can speak for myself. What happens for me is I, I have increased anxiety. So um, I, I, I kind of describe it as being in this little um, uh, kind of like a hamster wheel. So when I'm in a good place, I'm like Julie said, I, I'm more present. I'm in, pre in present time. I feel like I'm like stronger. I can take on a lot, a lot more. But when I'm, you know, feeling a little bit more stressed or I haven't been taking care of myself, I can see where, you know, I'm, I get into this, this, uh, this cycle of like being more anxious and then, and, and so just not managing things as well. And so one, one thing will, will 
that I would normally be able to, to manage properly will be something that causes anxiety. So um, I, I, you know, it's something that I, I've struggled with for a long time, but I feel now I recognize those signs. And so it's really signs of um, being, being tired. And when I can see my, my, my mind going in this spinning action of, of anxiety, then that's when I know, okay, <laughs> it's time to do some mindfulness. It's time to like, you know, take some time to take care of myself. And right. so, yeah. And I think at the beginning, when we start working, we have like a responsibility that I'm, I'm an employee. I need to be like la performance, you know, to be at the maximum that I can. Yeah. And now to respect that I will be paid anyway, even though that there's days that I might not be at my maximum, but still I'm, I'm giving a good quality service to my clients. However, I'm able to say, okay, today maybe I won't make it, like uh, too many calls. I just do like paperwork things just to take a break and just to have a break for my self yeah, care. Um, so I think today I'm more confident to even to say to my boss or my supervisor, okay, right now I won't take new cases because I'm, I, I'm in a rush or I'm not feeling that, that well. Um, so I'm able to also tell my supervisor, my um, boss also. So and I'm doing it as a gift for myself also because I'm not helping others if I'm not good with myself. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, that kind of brings up for me, I wonder, I feel like it would be really important to work uh, in a place where you have that support in, in place, right? For when you do need to kind of adjust your workload or, or, or the way you're approaching your, your work. And do you feel like that's important and, how, how do you communicate that uh, when you need that from, from your employer? It's a, it's a game changer. So I've had the experience of working with super supportive organizations and I've had the experience of um, uh, working with less, less supportive uh, managers. I wouldn't say organization, but less supportive managers and having a manager in an organization where it's part of the culture to take care of yourself, mm -hmm. knowing that you're supporting uh, people who are in need is super important. And to be able to have those conversations to just say like, I'm having an off day today. I just need to just do paperwork. I, you know, that that's something I need for myself or, um, you know, and I, and I think this pandemic has brought that up a lot as well of being able to have those conversations of saying, you know, I'm working really hard during the, during the day, but um, I'm taking half an hour. I need to go for a walk. And so to be able to have an organization and a manager that supports that and that you can have those conversations with mm -hmm. is super, super important because when you don't have that, and I've had that experience of having um, a manager or worked in a context where it's, it's more of like, you know, I, I want to see your statistic, I want to see your production, and then you feel like you have to continuously be performing to keep your job or, you know, to, to, to keep up with, you know, your colleagues or whatever. Um, I think that that's when people will experience burnout. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Julie, what about you? Um, do you, how do you communicate that to your, to your boss or to your organization? I, if I rewind my life, like beginning of my professional life, I don't think I would be um, comfortable enough to say all of this, but today with that experience and knowing that I'm a professional and doing that that is also professional 
instead of yeah having all that load and not doing anything or at home crying because I had times that I cried at home um, and I said no more it's my job it's not my life so I think I'm able to put like a shield um, so yeah rewind yeah 20 years ago I don't think I will be able to verbalize it or to recognize it that it's a stress coming from work um, or just not work but life <laughs> general life also so I think today having all of that lesson having it at that time I think I would protect myself better but I'm today with all of that experience also. Mm -hmm. but, uh, yes, having, having managers, having supervisors, having them being positive, but like Katrin also, I had other supervisors or managers that weren't helpful and you can feel it. It's, and we can sense it in other colleagues also. There might be other people leaving in sick leave more in certain teams. And um, yeah, and I, I like Katrin what you said about working at home right now saying okay I'm just gonna go walk or me having time to bring my kids to school you know not to be in a rush so there's things that uh, okay it's, I'll, I'll might not take my um because yeah in the morning I took a little bit more time to bring my kids to school so um yeah there's two things that came to mind as well like the first one is is um uh, with you know with years of experience and and a, a, you have more tools under your belt but you also have the language mm -hmm. and so I feel like naming things like one one thing that was really um, uh, uh, enlightening for me was like learning about compassion fatigue and it's so it's like you know we all experience that in the type of work that we do in in as social workers we experience that, you know, uh, all that always of giving of oneself to, to support other people. Uh, at one point, you have to recognize that it can cause compassion fatigue. And so mm -hmm. I, I find like having language to, to explain what you might be feeling is really, really empowering as well. Absolutely. Right. Um, and now we're hearing about COVID fatigue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can you... Um, speak a little bit to how uh, maybe working from home has changed things for both of you. I, I know that you, I, I think Julie goes on the road sometimes, but um, I think you've both had that experience of working from home and how you're able to maybe establish limits mm -hmm. um, with such a stressful work environment. Well, for me at first, working at home wasn't, even before COVID, it's not something that I wanted to do because for me, it's important to be at work and being at home for me. So it was really difficult to accept that I was working from home. But now I can say in October that I, I, like, I like having that um, balance because um, our boss is asking us to be at least 50% or 40% at the work office. Right. Um, and I do home visits. So I think for me, I have a good balance right now. And being at home helps me, yeah, not to be in the rush of mornings or to come back or so I, I like that. And having just lunch break and just sometimes watching my shows during lunchtime, uh, relax. And like Friday, my sister lived not too far from me and I, we took a walk together. So I said, I think we should do that at least once or two times a week. We could walk outside. And um, so, yeah, now in October, I think there's a better balance than I, what I had before because I was in a struggle between I don't like it working at home 
but I need to accept it because it, it will be part of my life uh, for even after pandemic. I think it's something that I want, I want to keep and our boss is uh, open to that. So um, yeah, I managed to accept it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm for on my end, it's been actually really something really positive. So um, I just find in terms of work-life balance, it's been really helpful not having to spend basically two hours in traffic Right. So um, when the pandemic, when we went into lockdown initially, we were at home all the time. Like we didn't have, I didn't go out in community at all. Um, But then I guess starting in May, um, we opened up community gardens. And so then I had, so then I was starting to be able to do a little bit more community work and then work from home as well. And so, and now I find I have a really great balance. So doing you know, I would say I do 60% out in the community Mm -hmm. um, and then 40% at home. It's very different. The work looks very different because we can't, you know, in community development, you're working typically with groups. And so it's really hard to do any type of event or, or gathering, but um, yeah, we're, we're learning different, different ways of doing our work as well. We're doing a lot of like virtual, uh, groups we have a um a virtual women's group that we're that is is okay like it's we're we're getting the hang of it and stuff like that so but in terms of self-care it's been really wonderful to to have a better work-life balance well for you it's been positive <laughs> super positive yeah <laughs> so what i wanted to ask was uh has being able to accept and adjust to change basically because with this covid there's been so much change and everything is that something that you think is important to others who might be working in your field and maybe throughout your career that you've learned to, to do? Well, I, I can't compare to like an emergency room, but being a social worker, I feel that I'll never know when I call a family what's going to be, happen, you know? Yeah. So yes, adjusting was there before pandemic and it's part of being of that type of work, mm-hmm. not knowing... Uh, a question that you'll ask to the family and it will, I don't know, like a a memory of something. So it's not like an emergency room, but sort of sometimes we're dealing with emergencies and okay, I thought my day would be like this, but no, I had the first call, the family is in crisis, I need to go home. So yeah, we need to adapt. And that's where if we're not self-taking care of ourselves, those moments are difficult to take charge and, you know, to to keep like a, a... but just an open mind okay what do I do instead of in my emotions mm-hmm. um, so yeah it's part of of our work but also other works are are like that but um, yeah, yeah. So it's like already part of your skill set basically yes mm-hmm. yeah and that that's something I've really had to I've struggled with quite a bit where I currently work is super busy it's a very busy workplace and um it's, you know, I'm, I'm more of someone who likes to have a plan. So I'd like to kind of have my to-do list and know, you know, what my, my work day is going to look like, or my work week is going to look like, and I can have an idea of that. But I also have learned that I have to be, um, yeah, we often have, you know, crises that come up and, and then it's, you know, that the focus has to be on that or, you know, other demands from the, the organization that that becomes our priority. So things, we have to be adaptable and be able to shift. And it just, 
we have, you know, the nature of the work is, is just that way. There's, you know, we're dealing with human beings and, and human needs and human crises. And so we have to be able to, to adapt to that. And mm -hmm. yeah, and so being, being well, you know, and, and taking care of ourselves is, is paramount. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about, because obviously working in community work and working as social worker uh, exposes you to the, the possibility of burnout. Mm -hmm. um, can you go into a little bit more of the strategies for that you might use, uh, that you use for preventing burnout? And, and Catherine, I know this is like a two-question, uh, <laughs> two-part question. I know that Catherine, you do uh, mental health first aid. So I wonder if you could go into that afterwards too. Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, so I can, I can start about like strategies that I've learned for myself, like what works, what works well for me. Mm -hmm. um, so I've, I've, I've maintained, I think it's really important to, um, to be healthy. So I think like maintaining a, a good exercise routine and if that exercise means uh for me it's it's i have two dogs so you know i uh, my always start my day with either uh, an hour walk or uh, an hour well not usually an hour but a jog <laughs> but it's not usually an hour but i start my day with some exercise and then i make sure that i eat really well mm -hmm. um, i've also incorporated uh yoga in in my life so I used to do it twice a week and now with the pandemic and being home, I found all these really great YouTube channels of, of yoga uh, teachers who are on YouTube. And so I, I practice yoga every day and I find that that's really, really helpful and helped and helped with my just being grounded and, and being maintaining my calm throughout the day and throughout difficult situations. Mm -hmm. And, and then just recognizing when I'm in a stressful situation, I really focus on breathing. That's something that I, you know, is, has been really important as well is just like something stressful is happening, checking in with myself, recognizing, okay, I'm feeling anxious right now and just giving myself permission to stop, breathe, breathe in, count to four, breathe out, count to four. And just until, you know, I, I feel like I'm in, in a good place again. Yeah, Julie, what about um, you? Yeah, for me, it's more, I think, like I, I like to read books, just books that are not social work or not uh, working anything. It's just like, um, yeah, watching shows like reality shows just <laughs> me out of my, and, and doing it with my boyfriend also. We have TV shows that we like to watch together and just being crazy, like dancing and uh, playing with my kids. Like um, this week we played laser gun in the house, all the, like, being creative with my boys, uh, coloring, uh, playing with them, I think for me, uh, going to the park. So um, yeah, more things like that for me that uh, just, I had a like in the pandemic time that I needed to cook in the weekends, but now I'm like, no, I don't want to cook anymore. So I had like um, a traiteur, like a, um, oh. a caterer. Yeah, yeah, caterer. So yeah. I ordered meals from a caterer, put it in the freezer so that I didn't have to cook in the weekends ah. or during the week. Yeah. So yeah, things like that. Just I just want to relax and just uh, and now there's no hockey, there's no activities. And for me, I like that balance. Before pandemic, I didn't want any soccer or anything in the summer just to relax and just to 
because for me, I think that's what helps me going to the cottage of uh, my family and just doing other things and being with friends that we can't have anymore, but it's different. Uh, but yeah, just suppers with friends, having, yeah, being with friends, family, for me, that's uh, things that helps. Yeah. Okay. And Catherine, I think um, I had asked you about mental health first aid because I think that's something that you offer your colleagues, right? Yeah, it was something that my organization wanted to um, focus on that. I mean, for the employee, but also with the, the population that we work with. Okay. And just to make sure that, um, that staff uh, were knowledgeable and understood mental health and mental health issues. So uh, they, they trained two of uh, us. So there's myself and another individual, and we were trained to become mental health first aid uh, facilitators. And so we offer three times a year to our, to our staff, to, to frontline workers and managers, uh, mental health first aid. It's a, it's a two-day training, so 14-hour day training. And um, we, it's, it's, to, it's to raise awareness around mental health, but to talk about different mental health problems. So, um, you know, it could be substance abuse. It's, well, it is substance abuse, um, anxiety disorders, psychotic disorders. Um, and depression as um, depression as well and bipolar disorder so um, yeah we offer that as in super well received and then we also offer it uh, once a year to our tenants so some of our tenant leaders have um, have taken the the course as well and it's been yeah really some something very beneficial just to, to raise awareness around uh, around that and to kind of explore our, our own stigmas as well around mental health so it's been really really great. Yeah, and uh, both of you brought this up, but um, I, can you maybe, as a last question, talk a little bit about the importance of having a support network, and you know, you both talked about family, you both talked about friends, and just how important that is in terms of maintaining, maintaining a balance, really. Like, for me, that was difficult in March and April, May, July, June, July started more to see people, but that was hard not to see or hugs, you know, hugs with people that we love. Um, so yeah, that was difficult and showed me it's not the quantity, but more the quality of the relationship that I have. At those moments, I, I forgot about the pandemic and it helped just to get out of that, yeah, that anxiety all the time. Uh, but yeah, having that support. Uh, so we started sometimes Zoom or just calling or, you know, try to find different things to do, but being creative, I think that's what is uh, the key for all of that is this right now is being creative and uh, finding new ways and uh, yeah, to make, not, the, not to wait, but efforts also, not efforts, maybe that's not a good word, but you know, to, okay, well, we're planning this or we're meeting this day, you know? Uh, so yeah, things like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. yeah, and uh, like on a personal level, definitely. And I'm blessed to have a really great uh, network of, of friends and family to support. And, you know, I can also share that a few years ago, I did um, suffer burnout and, and was in the depression. And, and so, you know, it was because of having, you know, the support that I, I had that I, you know, I was able to, to kind of you know, work through that. So that was, that was great. But I, you know, if I look at it from, you know, in the context of my work as well, you really see the difference of, 
um, you know, how isolation is such a big factor on, on an, and how it impacts people's mental health. And in the work that I do, which is around community, you really see the impact of people not being able to get together and how it's, how it's affected their mental health. So the fact that we're able to start doing stuff virtually or even just people being able to work in their garden and to, to have some sort of contact, contact with people, um, it's, it's super, super important. So yeah. I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, definitely, um, you know, we, we've already gotten to the, the half hour point. So <laughs> I want to say thank you to both of you. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk about your work and also, you know, the, the ways that you, the strategies that you've used to manage your stress and, uh, and deal with, with this COVID situation at the same time. What would you tell your younger self today if you knew what you know? Uh, I would just say to chill. And honestly, it's, you know, there's, yeah, there's things that we, we um, give a lot of importance to that really in the grand scheme of things, it's, it, it'll work out the way it's supposed to work out. And, and we can't control every outcome. So we just have to do our best. Right. Yes, exactly. We can't control every outcomes. And I'm going to retire and and that's it, you know, and I'm going to have another life after that. So yeah, my work is not my life, but I, I want to love working and doing what I do. Yeah. But yeah, my Julie at, uh, yeah, in 2000 would be, okay, yes, you want to be good at what you do. However, yeah, take care of you. And it's important not to have just your life because of course, at the beginning, I didn't have a boyfriend, didn't have any children. So it, it's easy just to focus everything on the job. But once I think you have other things, maybe it, um, yeah, the, the balance is different. Yeah, um, yeah. And sometimes just having the experience or seeing colleagues that go on burnout or not feeling well yet, just to say, well, okay, what can I do for myself? And um, yeah, I think, and we talked about it, how to verbalize it, how to say the words that we're not feeling that great today. It doesn't mean tomorrow will be different, but uh, yeah, today it's not my day. So, so you yeah. would tell your younger self to verbalize the things. Yeah. Julie, Catherine, and I had a great conversation, and they shared a lot of uh, great strategies that work for them. And I'm going to be putting that together and creating a blog post, so please check out my blog at uh, weeklywisdom, michellethompson.ca slash weeklywisdom. And I want to thank you for listening, and stay tuned for our next episode.